This is episode 621 of the AWS podcast, released on September 15, 2023. This is the AWS podcast, and I'm your host for today, Jillian Ford. And today's episode is applies to everyone, actually. Every single one of you here, as long as you have an AWS account, you want to listen to this episode because we are going to be talking about cloud governance. Um, so I've got two experts here on cloud governance. So let's do some intros. Al, say hi to the team. Hey, how's it going, everyone out there? Uh, my name is Al Stefano. I'm based out of New York City, and I'm on the cloud governance specialist team within our worldwide specialist organization. Yeah, and Nibas. <laughs> Thank you. Just like Al, I'm also part of the cloud governance team, except he's from New York and I'm based out of Chicago. All right. So we've got a multi-distributed team, definitely best practices. And so really, why should people here care about cloud governance? Like you said and pointed out, it's essential. It's essential to every single customer. The customers are building out their environments. They're managing their resources, their applications. And we need to know how to optimize these resources, build them according to best practices, optimize their costs, ensure that they're following well-architected best practices in terms of security, resiliency, and more. And here's something to note too. It's something that we have always done. We have done this in the on-premise world, but we're also doing this in the cloud. And if you're doing this in the cloud, we have access to more resources, more applications, more services. So you're more potent. And that means it's essential and critical to have a standardized approach to cloud governance. Mm, I love that explanation. And I know that there's someone here who's listening who's like, all right, I've got everything in one account right now, and I just need to focus on building my business or doing my job at the company I work at. Why is it that I should take the time to worry about a cloud governance strategy? That's a great question. And we do come across a few customers that have built all of their workloads within a single account. And that's not recommended. And there are a few different reasons why we don't recommend this. We'll start with one. The accounts are our security boundaries, right? And if for some reason a hacker gets access to that single account, all of your workloads are impacted. That's a big reason not to <laughs> build out all of your workloads. Yeah, that's a big reason. The, the second is... If you have multiple teams all operating within a single account, all of a sudden, you know, as you start to grow and scale your applications and services, you may find that the teams are stepping on each other's toes. Let's say Al <laughs> decides to launch an RDS cluster, but then I log into that same account, not knowing that it's Al's, I will turn off his RDS cluster and Al is going to be very happy about that. I'm kidding. He's not. <laughs> but, I would not be. <laughs> but you get the point. We want to reduce these kinds of interactions and where resources are being used by different teams. You don't want to put all your treasures in one treasure chest, Jillian. That's really what it comes down to. And that reminds me too, like data. Does everyone need to have access to that same data set. When you're dealing with PCI or any kind of sensitive data sets, you want to know which teams are able to access that data sets. It's far easier if you use a multi-account approach and apply the right level of controls. I know so many people who are listening and they're just having their mind blown because there's 
something in there that really applies to everyone that you were just saying. So now that you've piqued people's interest in wanting to go up from away from one account into multiple accounts, what are some of the best practices that the people who are listening, they should consider when they're with their governance in the cloud in AWS? Well, we'll start with the first one. And this is one that we recommend all customers to follow. And it makes sense. And the first is align with your business objectives. Know the direction that your company is taking. Understand what your team's needs are. And then build out your governance strategy. That means figuring out the environment, figuring out the controls, the standardized processes that are going to help your client teams. This also means that you're going to have a governance team that is not operating in a silo. It's working with the different client teams, listening to how they're operating, what their business objectives are, and then trying to figure out, okay, how can I make their lives easier by building out some automation and standardized processes for them? So that's number one. The second, of course, is like during that process, if you're a new customer, you have to start out with a secure, well-architected environment. And there's numerous reasons for why we would do it. And we spoke about a few at the very beginning. It's the security, the better operations, the automation, the resiliency, and the visibility across your environment. But when you do so, this is going to help you scale across the organization, reduce the amount of issues or concerns that you may run into, and help you provide resources and accounts to your different teams and so on. So then let's get tactical. How should then people think about organizing their AWS accounts to really think about their cloud governance journey? First things first, you want to start with a multi-account strategy, use multiple accounts, and then you'll want to organize your accounts into organizational units. We recommend starting out with are two foundational organizational units, a security organizational unit where you will have a security account for your security team. <laughs> this will also have a centralized logging account. Both of these accounts will be underneath the security organizational unit. And then you can also have an infrastructure organizational unit where you can host your networking accounts and so on. Some customers, choose not to have a networking organizational unit, they'll just go straight and create a workloads organizational unit where they will start to host all of their workloads and applications underneath the workloads OU. And something to note here, we're not recommending that customers create applications and workloads in the management account. And the reason for this is because the controls, like your service control policies, are not applicable to the management account. They're applicable to the member accounts and to the organizational units. That's why you'll want to create your workloads and applications within the member accounts. That is so good. I know there's people who are listening and they're, as you were listing off, okay, what are the accounts that you need to create? They're just like, it's kind of overwhelming having to go in and create this kind of account and make sure they're all together. So is there like an easy way that customers can be able to actually do this? What's great about what everything that Navas just said is that there is a service that AWS offers. It's called AWS Control Tower, and it'll orchestrate 
the AWS services on the customer's behalf, setting up the multi-account environment that Navas just went through. And so at AWS, it's our managed service that sets up a what's called a landing zone for customers. And a landing zone is ultimately, it allows customers to scale quickly and set up that multi-account environment with AWS best practices that Navas just talked about. And I'd say that probably the most exciting part about that is with a few clicks of a mouse in around 30 minutes, you can have everything that Navas just talked through set up on your behalf. Okay. I mean, 30 minutes, I mean, there's almost like no excuse. I mean, everyone has 30 minutes that they can like carve out to like be able to do this. Yeah. And it's something to note here too. If you already have an organization's environment, you can launch Control Tower into the existing organization and that will help you jumpstart your setup of a well-architected environment. And the reason why we recommend all customers, again, this is just about bringing some standardization, some consistency and helping you increase the level of automation across your environment. It's all about improving your security and governance posture. It's a good point that Navas brings up too, is that this is not just for people that are brand, it is great for people that are brand new to the cloud and they're like, well, how do I get started? What What does AWS recommend? You guys offer so many services, it's kind of overwhelming. I don't really know where to get started. This is a, a service that allows you to establish a strong cloud governance strategy as you're beginning. But if you're not in that boat and you're like, well, I work for a huge enterprise and we have already been in the cloud for a while, this doesn't really apply to me. I'd say that that person's incorrect. Uh, me and Navas talk with plenty of big, large enterprise customers that are using Control Tower today and some of our other cloud governance services like AWS Organizations or Audit Manager, AWS Config. So really pointer in home here is that this is not just for a greenfield brand new customer that's working on AWS. It, it's also very applicable for our enterprise level customers. That's such a key point that Al brings up. This is applicable to all sizes of customers. So yes, we talk to some of our largest customers all the way from financial services, all the way to public sector customers, as well as startups. But here, what we're trying to do is help our customers start off on the right track. And again, it's all about the visibility. It's all about maintenance. It's all about scaling and governance. And the reason why this is so simple is that you don't need to spend the time orchestrating the different services. Control Tower, being a unique AWS service, it orchestrates all of the services for you. Organizations, CloudTrail, Config, S3. So it puts this all together. It centralizes all of your activity, gives you a dashboard, and you can also apply controls. And the controls are also very important that you know we can talk more about. I love that you called out that it's really applicable to you're just starting out in AWS, maybe you're a startup or you're a large enterprise. And I can't imagine how you would be using AWS without Control Tower. I mean, you probably have thousands of applications and you probably have thousands of accounts. I mean, how else are you going to be able to manage that all? You really need a process to be able to streamline that. And I love that it sounds really adaptable, whatever stage of business you're in and whatever you were calling out those logical business units that your business has, you can make it work for you and your needs. Maybe if it's a, a one-person team or a team of 1,000-plus people. That's right. And the other part, too, is just looking at how Control Tower is well-architected, it should give you ideas on how to implement it within your environment. Take a look at the controls. Take a look at how it's set everything up. 
So even if you don't use Control Tower, you can still take some of the elements of Control Tower and apply it into your multi-account organization. I love that. And I know we've got people, they've been using AWS since it was S3, and they probably started using Control Tower when it was launched. So they're like, all right, what are the things that maybe you see that those people might be missing who are already using Control Tower and something that you commonly see across customers? One of the interesting things about Control Tower in present time is it's continuing to grow and, and expand its accessibility to customers around the globe. So recently, we, Control Tower has launched into seven additional AWS regions around the world, a few in APAC and a few in EMEA, and then US West in North America as well. One of the reasons why this is important to customers is there's one specific control that Control Tower offers called a, a region deny control. And this is really important for customers that have data residency concerns and are interested in making sure that there are data residency controls around their data. In addition to that, the other thing it brings to customers is three different types of managed controls for the customer. So Control Tower has what's called a preventative control. It has a detective control and it has recently created in earlier this year in January 23, proactive controls. And so those preventative controls are really created to prevent policy violations through enforcement. Those are implemented through CloudFormation and using SCPs. And then the detective controls, those will detect policy violations and then alert the customer in the control tower dashboard if there is a violation. Those are implemented through AWS config rules. And then the last control that we're continuing to roll out, more and more of these controls are the proactive controls. And these are really interesting because what they do is they scan resources before they're even provisioned. It won't let a user deploy a resource if it's already deemed that that would be non-compliant. And those are implemented through CloudFormation hooks. And this is all about shifting left. So as the developers are creating their CloudFormation templates, the proactive controls that apply to the environment will prevent the launch of non-compliant resources. So, so think about that. Like all of a sudden, you're reducing the amount of noise that you might see across your multi-account environment. Really helpful because sometimes what I've also seen with some customers is it's very noisy. <laughs> so many different alerts and it's all listed in their pages and they don't, <laughs> like no one wants to go in and figure out what's wrong with these thousands of alerts. So if you can reduce the noise, it's much simpler, easier for everyone to maintain the environment. I want to go get a clarifying question to you, Al, about those controls that you were talking about that are managed for you. So does that mean that the people who are listening, they don't have to create the actual controls themselves? They don't have to create the rules like Control Tower already has the rules that are written out and they can just select them and deploy them in their account? Yeah, that's exactly right. So Control Tower offers 300 plus controls that we at AWS have deemed are important for you in a in an AWS environment. Within Control Tower, it'll offer the customer control details, which really gets granular on what is the exact specific SCP that's being applied. So one of the nice things that was brought into this feature is the transparency to customers. It's not a, trust me, this will make sure that every S3 bucket is encrypted. It's going to show the exact details of what the control is, how it's written, it also offers customers positive and negative tests for the control. So if you wanted to go into environment and test it out, just to be triple checking that 
it's doing what it's we're saying it's doing customers have the ability to do that as well and uh, like if you think about this too because you have to manage controls anybody can simply go in and apply it it's just because you have the control objectives everything is written in simple english terms like anybody you don't have to have you know a strong technical background like you can just read okay i want to encrypt these resources and you can find a list of controls that will help you ensure that you're meeting some of the requirements there the other part too is imagine if you had to create this all from scratch like the service control policies the config it's all about let's say you're launching sagemaker for your organization you have to come up with the service control policies that lists out the features the capabilities that you'd like to control for the organization and then maybe figure out the relationships between the different services that's extremely time consuming like figuring out one what to write in the service control policy and then two testing it out that takes time so instead of that we're giving you a jump start with the managed controls and control tower it's also a good point that Navas brings up about the control objectives when the controls were being built in control tower we've brought in this concept of control objectives and what that is is you're able to look in the dashboard and see how many controls has AWS created that will maybe encrypt my data at rest and then you'll be able to map to different services meeting that control objective the reason why this is really interesting and cool is it really helps bridge the gap between a technical decision maker and a business decision maker the business decision maker doesn't necessarily need to know how cloud formation hook is implemented but it most probably will understand the concept of making sure your data is encrypted at rest that is meeting his business objective and then the technical side of the house can go in see the nitty gritty test it make sure it's being applied correctly and ultimately we're taking both sides of the house and and bringing them together to meet their business objectives super important stuff so tell people about these monthly events that you're running where they can go and actually learn more we do host two multi customer events a month these are virtual events we host them in north america time zones and then we also host them in the EMEA time zones i'd recommend any customers that are listening to reach out to their account teams and we'll be able to get you guys the registration pages to really learn more about what we're talking about. I know we this was a kind of quick episode but we really dive deeper in a, a 4 or 5 hour span of telling customers what the in-depth reasons are for using a service like this and establishing a, a strong cloud governance foundation. Well, I know you convinced me, so I'm sure a lot of other people who are listening now, they're going to go turn it on 30 minutes later, they've got at least the start of their cloud governance journey. Al and Nivas, thank you so much for being here today on the AWS podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Jillian. This was great. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Jillian. Appreciate it.